Allen pass the plug. Here come the Aces on the run. De-Energizer. Looks for Ty Young. Sprints to the hoop. Off the glass and good. Good, good, good. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Oh, mercy. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show. And here we go. Get ready for the fourth quarter of game number four. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Hammy's going to let one fly. Chance of three. Chance of three. The Put a three from half court. Are you kidding me? T.C. Martin. There are six seconds to go, and De-Energizer hit a wild, crazy, improbable three to give the Aces the lead. The doctor is now in. In, in, in. Glad to have you with us here on a Friday as we get ready for another busy sports weekend the Vegas Golden Knights in action tonight on the road in Montreal. But we got a watch party over here at Sunset Station. That is our location right now. Friday afternoons at Sunset Station, STN Sports Studio here. Yours truly, T.C. Martin, Ballpark Frank, VGK Frank today because the Golden Knights are in action. So that's who he is today. Numchuck back in the studio. Chuck Esposito is going to join us a little bit later on. We'll talk about the betting side, where the action is coming in. The Golden Knights, another heavy favorite, even though they're on the road. But there are some COVID concerns for the Montreal Canadiens. We'll dive into that as well. Their head coach is on the positive protocol list, I guess you might want to say. So are other players going to be affected? We don't know as of yet. We'll keep you posted. But uh, face off tonight, 5 o'clock local time. We invite you to come on over here to Sunset Station, fantastic venue in Club Madrid for the VGK Watch Party. Plenty of prizes will be given away. I don't want to say guaranteed, but you're pretty much close to guaranteed to getting a prize. Uh, they've got it on the big screens and everything in there. you got you got food, beverage options, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, no cover charge to get in. Everybody who comes on in gets a ticket, basically a drawing ticket, to win some VGK memorabilia as well as some Sunset Station swag and uh, gift certificates for food and all that kind of stuff. So it's a great atmosphere inside Club Madrid for the VGK watch parties. They are back. They've done a couple of them here. Our good friend Brian Blessing, he hosts along with Chuck Esposito. And uh, Ballpark and myself will be here uh, tonight to watch the Golden Knights and the Montreal Canadiens in game number three. So looking forward to that. All right, on the show today, uh, we're going to hear from Bob Arum, top-ranked boxing, the Hall of Fame promoter, Promoter extraordinaire, we will hear from him because fight card again tomorrow night at the Virgin Hotels of Las Vegas, formerly the Hard Rock. Uh, This will be the third of four shows they have done this summer. Again, last week uh, we were there for Shakur Stevenson. And tomorrow night we will see the Japanese superstar, the Bantamweight champion, in a way, takes on Das Marinas. Uh, Also, Michaela Meyer, one of the best female fighters in the world. She is on the card as well, too. And we've got tickets to give away. Real simple. So we are going to give you an opportunity to win tickets via calling in today and also Twitter. We're going to make it real simple for you. Okay? We just, you got to earn it. You're going to have to earn it. And last week we did, we had Stitch Duran on here, and we went favorite boxing movie of all time. Great response that. So if you want to go to the fight, and we've got tremendous tickets. $200 tickets for you tomorrow night at the Virgin, top-ranked ESPN. And we just want you to go ahead and follow me, TC Martin 21 on Twitter. Go ahead and and put on there 
Give me your favorite boxer of all time. We're going to make it real simple. And then we're going to call in a little bit later today as well, too. Make it real simple. you got to earn it with a strong boxing take. Who's your favorite boxer of all time? Whether it was way back in the day, whether it's current, whether it's a while back, it doesn't matter, and, and why. Real simple. You pick up the phone, you do it, 221-7283, area code 702-221-7283. Give us your best boxing take, uh, favorite boxer of all time. If you've got a take on Wilder Fury 3, we'll do that as well, too. So either one of those on Twitter, we will accept that. Who is going to win Wilder Fury 3? Give us your reason why, and we'll do that. All right, so Bob Arum is going to join us. Uh, Dr. Christina Madison, our great friend who is uh, all over the place uh, as far as the media, but she is uh, our infectious disease expert, so give us a COVID update. So Dr. Christina, love having her on the program for uh, our regular updates, so she will join us here at Sunset Station here today. And also, uh, last night's Las Vegas Aces game. We will dive into that as well. Mark Davis uh, joined me at halftime last night. Uh, Liz Cambage joined me for the postgame show. We're going to play back both of those interviews. I uh, think that you will enjoy that, so we'll get to that here in a matter of moments. But uh, we're ready. It's a busy weekend. NBA playoffs, we got that to talk about, VGK. It's all here, buddy. It's all here. Where do we start? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously uh, we have the viewing party tonight, but I know we have plenty of time to talk about the Golden Knights. Uh, the big news there, uh, Will Montreal's coach be behind the bench tonight. He could be out for up to 10 games with COVID protocol. They said they'll be testing him through the rest of the day. So, you know, maybe it's a false positive. We've certainly seen that before. was watching some of the NBA last night. Uh, tried to watch some of that Aces game, uh, but uh, but it was such a blowout. It looked more like an Aces scrimmage out there. <laughs> Did get to see some players that you don't necessarily see at the end of the game because it was such a blowout. So, you know, that was probably nice for some of them to get a few minutes in there. And, uh, yeah, a, a lot of stuff going on right now. And, you know, also, like you mentioned, the boxing. Saw a really good piece on ESPN actually last night uh, on Inouye and, you know, his whole story and, you know, why he hit so hard and why he even got into boxing because over in Japan it's still kind of the culture that you honor your parents and you show respect for them. And his father wanted him to fight, so his father basically trained him and taught him how to fight. Uh, the fight that he had, of course, where he broke his uh, orbital bone, I thought that was interesting that he still went on round after round and actually dominated the rounds after that shows how tough he is that he can not only deliver a blow but also you know that he can take one as well and then also the fight where uh one of the uh one of his opponents one of their people kind of bumped into his dad and they thought that it was pretty much intentional in a way being japanese didn't say anything about it but in the ring they said that they thought that he gave that guy an extra big pounding just because he didn't show respect to his father so uh it's an interesting fight and it's also interesting when you have when you think of the monster you think of the big heavyweights. You think of Fury Wilder or something like that. You don't think of little guys. But this guy is a little monster. Yeah. Everything he throws is just with bad intent. Yeah, yeah, he, he's great. I saw the fight in Japan when he fought Nonito Donaire, one of the fights you're talking about there. and It was phenomenal. And that's when Bob uh, Aram signed him right after that. So he is phenomenal. And I know many, many people probably haven't seen him before. You get a chance to see him in person tomorrow night at the Virgin. All right, we will start talking about the Las Vegas Aces. You mentioned it, Frank. It was 103.76. The Aces have proved to 10-3 and three now. They've won 10 of their last 12, five in a row. And uh, the big thing last night for me, the atmosphere was fantastic because everybody, it was back to normal. It, it seemed like we were back in 2019. The seats were pulled out there at the, at the Michelob Ultra Arena at the Mandalay Bay. Uh, you had the floor seating. You had a lot of Las Vegas Raiders were there. Mark Davis was there. Uh, 
got a chance uh, to talk with him. So I said, hey, Mark, how about coming on the the halftime show? And he goes, absolutely. So we're going to play that interview uh, for you back here in a couple minutes with that. But just uh, quickly to talk about uh, the atmosphere last night in the building, it, it seemed electric. Even though only 2,000 fans were there still for season ticket holders, the WNBA is still being very, very careful. And we'll talk to Christina Madison when she joins us about that. But slowly but surely, they will open it up. But uh, it just uh, was a, a very... Uh, loud 2,000 people, and uh, you know the the way they, they the Aces and the MGM Mandalay Bay the the way they put on uh, everything there just uh, it's kind of like the Golden Knights in a certain way where it just you know if you're going to the game you're going to be very very entertained and like you said the Aces played phenomenal basketball yes it was a blowout but they had balanced scoring they suited up 10 players all 10 scored. Uh, last night, Kelsey Plum had another fantastic uh, game uh, for her. Uh, Liz Cambage, Asia Wilson, Chelsea Gray was phenomenal as well, too. But uh, it was good to to be back there courtside. It was be great to have the fans right there and seeing the players interact with the fans. And that's one thing that you get that you don't get in hockey. You get that banter, uh, you know, with the players and the fans. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting, too, because you touched on a lot of points there. But uh, when I was uh, going back and forth between, you know, some of the other things, the hockey game, obviously, with uh, the Islanders and and the Lightning. But uh, when I was watching it towards the end of that game there, when Cambage and Asia were out of the game, I, I think Liz Cambage likes being a cheerleader on the sideline as much as uh, she likes playing the game or whatever. When when the block came from the uh, from the other big girl that kind of was in there when you know when Liz and Asia were both out, I mean she was going crazy. I believe it was her tenth block of the night that they had, and I mean it was all ball and she got that. So uh, you know I, I thought that was cool that the starters are you know cheering on the people that they practice with because they know that you know obviously your stars are the ones that are going to play the games and they're going to determine on most nights whether you win or lose games, but. The other people are an intricate part because the old thing of steel sharp and steel, you know, you you need good practice players as well, and so they have that going on. And then, of course, you also mentioned the Raiders. Boy, the Raiders, like them or hate them, because I know there's some mixed feelings about them, even though they are Vegas's team now. But, boy, they're all at, at the Golden Knights games or at the Aces games. They're doing everything in their power to try to convert you to be a Raider fan if you aren't already. No doubt about it. All right, we'll hear from Mark Davis here in just a minute or two. But first, we want to give you a little Liz Cambage. Always fun talking to Liz, having her on the program. Uh, she had a fantastic game last night. Liz Cambage after last night's victory at the Mandalay Bay. All right, the Las Vegas Aces victorious tonight. The big Benzie, my girl, Liz Cambage in the house. What's up, TC? Oh, talk about this victory tonight. You guys rolled. You put a bill on the board, 103.76. Everybody contributed. And, of course, you had a fantastic game yourself tonight. Uh, it was pretty cute. It was pretty nice to get out here. Yeah. We got the fans back. Um, it was a vibe. It was a vibe up in here. You know, we can't take no team lightly, especially New York. They got some killers on that team. And especially after the other night, I knew they have a bit of a chip on their shoulder. So we just had to come out and get it started. But sheesh, it's so good to be back with fans. I've missed y'all. I've missed the house. I've missed you, Courtside TC. Man, I, I, we love it, you. It, it's good to have you back. And talk a little bit more about that vibe here, because again, this is the first time this year. Mm. It's more than a year. I yeah. mean, again, they didn't play here last year. You weren't. No one mm. was here last year. No one. So we're, it's basically two years. So talk about what that vibe felt like for you on the floor tonight. Yo, it don't matter if you're in spa. It don't matter if you worked in the casinos. Like Vegas took a big hit last year, mm. and it's just so good to be back connected with the people like i know this city really went through it so our vibe is different out here and 
and to have fans on the court, like around us, we have the best vibe in the whole league. Like the the house, unmatchable, baby. So it's so good to be back here today. All right, that's great. Uh, so talk a little bit about some of your teammates here tonight. You saw what Chelsea Gray did. Yeah. Uh, what is it like playing with her? Because really, honestly, the Aces haven't had a point guard like her. Someone no. who has so much experience. Not only that can yeah. can dish, but can score. Yeah. With the leadership skills as well. She's great. You know I. When I met Gray, I knew I knew from day one. Uh, it was a few years ago in Minnesota at, at an All Star game. I was like, I need to play with you. I had an eye on my eye on her since then. So to finally get an opportunity to play with a point guard so great, you know, I I, I need to pick up my game playing with her because her like no look passes. I wasn't ready at the start of the season. I knew I got to get ready, but I'm getting better. And you know, even having Plum back, like Plum's a killer as well. Um, and she's doing big things uh, coming off the bench. It ain't easy, especially, you know, she a superstar. Yep. And yep. for her, to have her coming off the bench, yo, we go so deep at, out here. So I love this team so much. Have you ever played with a roster like this before? Not, mean, not this deep. Yeah. Hands yeah. down, not this deep. Yeah. 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 So, so how is it? How much is it for you enticing to want to look beyond that? You know, this year and continue mm -hmm. to have your career here, or maybe even end here in Las Vegas. We'll you see. ever think about that? Hey, I just try to take it game by game. Okay, that's all good. Day by day. Okay. <laughs> season by season, but I say all the time, this is the best organization in the mm -hmm. league. I'm um, the best team in the league, best city in the league, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm very blessed to be yeah. a part of it. I think I wake up and thank God every day that you know I, I went through a really rough time yeah. from the teams I came from and where I got drafted to. So. You know, God, God led me through the tough times and blessed me right now. All right, Liz, we'll let you go. We appreciate it. Ten and three. How's that record sound, huh? Yeah, it's not too bad. All right. The only way's up, baby. You got that right. Yeah. All right, we appreciate you. Fantastic game as usual, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, TC. Appreciate it. That's My the guy. That's My it. guy. There we go. <laughs> I appreciate you. Liz Cambage, the big Benzie in the house. All right, Liz Cambage, another uh, impressive performance last night and always fun. Now, does she say the only way's up because she's from the land down under? I think so. So exactly. everything's always the only I mean, her whole <laughs> life's been that way. <laughs> oh, always fun. Liz Gambage. Uh, Aces victorious last night, 103-276. And I have to give it to you, too, because when we did talk about that game yesterday, you mentioned how extremely thin the Liberty were going to be. And even though they lost by 22 the other game, it could be even worse this game. You mentioned that final score. And I don't think it was that close. Right. I mean, it, it looked like the Aces literally could have named the score of this game from watching it. And here's the thing, too. Remember I talked about they didn't have Sabrina Unescu, the, the number one pick from last year who was injured. She suited up last night. Now, she only ended up playing about 15 minutes, but she was 0 for 8 from the field last night. And it's funny because when they played uh, in New York, going back on June the 3rd, she was healthy and she was 1 for 12 from the field. And she's averaging 20 points a game. So I don't know what it is. I mean, the, the defense, the aces, and again, when you have those veteran guards that are guarding her, and she was frustrated last night too. I mean, she was John, and and uh, they had a double foul, and, and one referee gave her a technical foul, then they rescinded or something like that. But, yeah, she, she's getting very, very frustrated playing against uh, the aces. Well, and to use um, one of the things that you mentioned last night on the air, when you said that the Liberty was 2 for 10 at one time shooting threes, and you said that's pretty easy math, it's 20%. Right. Well, if she was 0 for 8 and 1 for 12, so she's 1 for 20, so she, she's shooting 0.05% uh, scoring against the Aces. So, right. yeah, not very good. Maybe she wanted Ben Simmons to feel not so bad about his game. Very nice. All right. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, Mark Davis joined me last night. We got a chance to talk to Mark. We want you to hear that interview as well, too, to hear from the Las Vegas Raiders and Las Vegas Aces owners as we talk about him and the acquisition that took place. And it was great to have a one-on-one with Mark last night. So here is Mark Davis, the new owner of the Las Vegas Aces. All right, T.C. Martin back here at courtside, and joining us now is the owner of the Las Vegas Aces. That sounds good to say. I mean, the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders and now the Las Vegas Aces, Mark Davis, joins us here tonight at the house. Mark, how you doing, my man? Doing fantastic. Man, it's great to see you again here at your customary seat there in midcourt, and now joining us over here for the broadcast. Yeah, it's exciting that we all got to go back to our original seats and... uh Seeing the team play up close, I think the, the crowd has been phenomenal tonight. Um, it's really exciting. Uh, the team is rewarding us with, uh, so far, a really good first half. So let's talk a little bit about how you got involved here. We know that you were here at all these games, and you have always had a love for the NBA, and your father did as well. I think it probably goes back to, to Al having a love for women's sports and women's basketball, right? Uh, there's no question about that. He was always a fan of women's basketball, and... Uh, as I told some of the girls as we're bringing the alumni in that my dad, they asked me why I got involved. And I, I told them my dad probably knew where they went to high school and maybe grammar school, that he followed the women's basketball that closely, uh, loved college, loved Gino Uriyama and what they had done there at Connecticut. And uh, just uh, was a big fan of Pat Summit at Tennessee and everything else. So, so talk about how this all unfolded that you got the opportunity to purchase the aces from the MGM. Well, it's part part his fault right there. I got Jim, Jim Muren is. Jim Muren right standing here. right here. Yeah. But uh, when uh, the Raiders were given the opportunity to move to Las Vegas, um, we were still staying in Oakland to play there for three more years. But uh, at that moment, at the same time, they announced that uh, MGM had purchased a WNBA team and was bringing it to Las Vegas. We're going to be called the Aces, and I immediately got season tickets and. Uh, Eventually, my seats ended up sitting right near Jim and right next to his cohort, uh, Bill Hornbuckle. And I think every game I would tell those guys that uh, they needed to pay these girls more money. And finally, they looked at me and said, uh, you know, if you think they should be paid more money, why don't you pay them? Buy the team. (laughs) And uh, we laughed. And uh, about a week later, I got a call from uh, Bill, and he said, no, I was serious about that. And uh, the pandemic came along, but we worked through the negotiations through that period. And uh, now we're here. How long did this process actually take when you guys had these conversations and you really wanted to do this? And how much thought did you give it? I gave it a lot of thought. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was about probably a year and a half uh, is how it went. And it was actually smooth. I think, like I say, if it wasn't for the pandemic, it probably would have happened sooner. But uh, there was uncertainty of how the uh, everything was going to work at that point so we just uh, moved it back a little bit now i know that you know keith you talked about this before about uh, a lot of these teams in this league have not made money it's really not a money-making project is your goal and, and you're a great advocate for this league and this team in the city as we know but is this a product you feel that can actually make money over time um i would hope so um i think these women are some of the greatest athletes in the world at what they do and i think they're uh, greatly undervalued uh, on the, the financial side or the business side. I think it's really going to come come to the some type of media distribution company to understand that their value of the WNBA is a lot more than just the eyeballs, but the ancillary benefits that working with these women brings to communities and everything else is worth the uh, effort to help uh, 
make this league successful. All right. Mark Davis uh, joins us here at halftime, the new owner of the Las Vegas Aces. You've made this a priority, too, to really get involved with the WNBA in the 25th anniversary, and you're bringing back players from the Utah Stars, the San Antonio Stars, and talking to some of these former players, they're shocked. They're surprised because they've been forgotten, and you've made it a priority to bring them back just like you've done with the Raiders alumni. Well, exactly, and it's, it's, it's actually something that brought over from the Raiders. Um, as we always say, the most valuable asset the Raiders have is its alumni, and everything we do is geared towards making sure that they're proud and, and uh, thought of. Um, it was their blood, sweat, and tears that brought the uh, Raiders to where they are today, and we have to recognize that. So there was two things I've made certain, certain that were going to be uh, part of me becoming part of the Aces was number one was to give them a home, and we are building them a uh, 50,000 square foot facility in uh, Henderson, Nevada, which will have the uh, practice courts, offices, training facilities, locker rooms, and everything to make them a world-class organization. But secondly, it was to create a uh, 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 alumni association with these girls to let them know that this year was the 25th anniversary of the WNBA, but it's also the 25th anniversary of this franchise's uh, uh, creation. And so we uh, contacted uh, about 140 players and have asked them to come back at various times during the season here so that we can honor them, let our fans meet them, and they all have stories to tell. And again, it was to let them know that we recognize that this league wouldn't be here if they hadn't done what they had done 25 years ago right. and that we, we are grateful for them and that we want to represent them. And really, they're strength in numbers, and I think we're going to have a great family here at the Aces, and I'm looking forward to that. In the short time that you've owned the team, what has been one of your proudest moments, I guess, so far? What has opened your eyes a little bit? Oh, my God, there's just so many things. I, I think that I, I'll just I'll go to the most. Okay. The thing that surprised me the most is, is I had a lot more fun when I was watching it as a fan <laughs> than I am as an owner. But uh, listen, there's so much. There, there's so many rewarding things that have happened so far. I think meeting these uh, alumni that we've brought in, about 20 of them so far that I've gotten to meet. Uh, we go to dinner as a group together, and I get to meet them and hear their stories and let them know the vision that we have going forward and how they're a big part of it. Uh, that's the rewarding part, but again, as I've always said, the, the score at halftime, the least important thing in life is the score at halftime, right. and uh, we've got a lot of work to do, but uh, we're at a great beginning. Well, you haven't had to sweat too much. I mean, these last few games, I mean, they're, they're hey, rolling listen, along here, right? Yeah. There's nothing less important in life than the score at halftime. <laughs> this is true, right? <laughs> well, the end of the game has been pretty good, too. The team 9-3, and three, hopefully 10-3, and three, you know, after today uh, yes, as well, absolutely. too. Hey, we heard John Gruden the other day say, Kelsey Plum. He loves Kelsey Plum. And she gets 32. Exactly, right? Yeah. All right, so we're going to put you on Who's your favorite player? I love them all. Of course you do. That's the right answer. How about Bill Lambeer? Talk a little bit about him, because I know that was part of the factor for you to get involved, too, oh. to have a guy like him be, well, be the head coach in, the, in this franchise. Again, that's something MGM gave me. It was a great, great uh, basketball side of this organization. And uh, with Bill Lambeer, you know, if it, if it ain't broke, don't break it. And that's my philosophy. And uh, so basically the basketball side is all Bill, and uh, we give him whatever he needs. And uh, he's, he's running the show. Mark, I appreciate the time, uh, as always, my friend. We, I love seeing you here all the time, and uh, it'll be great talking with you more and more here. Yeah, as I look forward to that. As you're actively involved in this franchise. And that's the thing. You are an active owner. You're an advocate for not only this team in this city, but this product. Well, it, it's great to have you involved. I appreciate that. 
All right, there he is, Mark Davis, last night at the Aces game. Uh, great talking with Mark. Very, very passionate uh, about the Raiders and the Aces and the WNBA and women's sports in general. Well, and what I got out of the interview was um, breaking news. You couldn't do the breaking news sounder because you're already playing an interview, but Al Davis was a big women's basketball fan? He was? Yes. I mean, yes. And, I mean, how many people really knew that or know about yeah. it? I wonder if he was at all involved in the leagues way back, you know, when they used to have the the, the women's basketball league and different things. I remember Chicago had a team called the Chicago Hustle because my brother used to go to their games. They played mm-hmm. at Alumni Hall where the Paul where the DePaul Blue Demons mm-hmm. play. And uh, then I remember, was that the league or was it a different league that they tried again too when uh, Nancy Lieberman, right. Nancy Lieberman mm-hmm. tried to try it out for the NBA? She didn't make a team. And Martina Navratilova and her were very good friends. And Martina helped get some sponsors to basically fund and start a women's league back then. Now, they didn't have the success that the WNBA has had. They had little pockets of it here and there, but they didn't have the sustainability. But... Uh, I wonder if Al Davis used to watch some of those games or was yeah. maybe like a silent partner someplace no, he was. or something. And see, Mark was young at that time, and Mark said that he had been around this for such a long time. So his dad loved it, he loved it, and he, and you know how Mark is. I mean, he wants to carry pretty much everything that his dad did. You know, carry the memory, the tradition, that's why you have... You know, the flame there at Allegiant Stadium, you know, everything is is geared towards, you know, tradition, uh, memories, and that that sort of thing. And again, with the Raider alumni, the way the Raiders have always done that, now that's carrying over to the Aces with the alumni, too. Real quick, you you talk about, you know, women's basketball. There was this theory back in the day, and I don't think it's that far-fetched. And a lot of people don't like to hear this, but the reason the WNBA was started, because the NBA was fearful that women we're going to try to, I don't want to say force themselves, but have them you know, try to play in the NBA. Yeah, implement themselves Especially into with, the league and become part of the teams yeah, and the different yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, let's have women try out for our teams and that sort of thing. And, and there, was, you go, a, you there go to, was a few here and there. I won't even yeah. say a handful, but then again, yes. I remember Nancy Lieberman was yep. very vocal about it. I mean, yep. and she thought she should have made the team that she tried out right. for. So, was was it Indiana? Go. It seems like it was maybe Indiana yep. that she tried out for yeah. years ago. Yeah, and you you got to remember, I mean, we've uh, there have been women that have played for the Globetrotters, you know, and uh, there's... So there are some very elite women that felt that they could play in the NBA and NBA ownership, you know, was like, well, we we don't know about this. That's kind of a slippery slope. So they felt the pressure from that could potentially happen. And, uh, and let, let's create the WNBA. And it was created in 1997. So there you go. Well, and certainly Reggie Miller and his sister Cheryl, uh, although oh. it wasn't a pro, a pro league, they hustled a lot of people. And it wasn't just Reggie that was making oh. that money and winning those things on I the mean, beaches. I mean, so and all that many sort of fantastic stuff. women. Lisa Leslie scoring 100 points. I mean, you know, come on. It's, you know. Uh, Lynette Woodard, and she, you know, played for the Globe Trotters. I mean, she, she you know, she was phenomenal at Kansas too. Uh, you know, we hear these uh, games where they'd score, you know, 70, 80, 90, 100 points in games. So, uh, yeah, great talk with Mark Davis. Uh, and again, the Aces get the victory last night, 103 to 76. They've won five in a row. They're 10 and three, 10 of their last 12. Uh, next home game will be a week from Sunday when the Seattle Storm come to town, the defending champions, and then that is a rematch from last year's WNBA Finals. So that'll be uh, next Sunday at 1 o'clock, a week from this Sunday. Looking forward uh, to that. So, again, as they open things up, if you're a season ticket holder, it, it's great that you're out there. But once they you know, open it back up, yeah, we'll have some tickets to give away. Uh, ha- have people get out there, support uh, this team, and especially now with Mark Davis owning this team, it is, uh, it is definitely the franchise in the WNBA. And 
It's, now, can they take a selfie with you, or is that still not allowed just yet due to the protocols? Actually, they can. They actually, you know, there you, you go. Yeah, yeah, if you come down, you know, to you know that front row, you, you can do that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so take it one day, get it printed out for the next game, and then uh, TCL autograph it uh, for listen you. To you. Listen that to is you. gold. Uh, gold, Jerry. That is more gold. golden than the Knights. I don't know about that. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> ah. Bob Arum is going to join us next as we talk Wilder Fury, the press conference on Tuesday. And, of course, we've got a great fight coming your way tomorrow night. At least one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the world will be on display at the Virgin. We've got tickets to give away for that as well, too. So hang tight. T.C. Martin, Ballpark Frank here at the STN Sports Studios inside the Sunset Station on a fabulous Friday. Hey, this is Tyson Fury, a.k.a. the Gypsy King. And I'm here today ripping it up with T.C. Martin. All right, Tyson Fury will be here July the 24th against Deontay Wilder. It'll be Fury Wilder 3. We're looking forward to that. But before that, of course, we've got great action again tomorrow night at the Virgin Hotels in Las Vegas. The monster. The monster in your way. He will be here in action tomorrow night. The Unify the Bantamweight Championship. So we look forward to that. ESPN start the broadcast at 7 p.m. We've got tickets that we will be giving away, so hang tight for that. And right now, we talk to the promoter extraordinaire, our very good friend, the Hall of Famer, Bob Aaron. Bob, how you doing, my man? Really good, really good. Looking forward to tomorrow night. Should be great, great action. A lot of good fights. All right. So, Bob, what is your response to, to people who, who were there last you know week and you know they watch Shakur Stevenson and we tell them that hey, that's the way Shakur Stevenson fights. I mean, he is one. He's probably he is the best defensive fighter in the world. He is phenomenal. Uh, but you know, he, it's going to be a different style of fight coming up tomorrow night with anyway because this guy. I mean, it's 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 you know he's. Rock 'em, sock 'em, robots uh, to agree, and there's going to be you know more of a knockout punch there. But uh, you know, just recap last weekend's show before we get to this week's. Well, you know, again, uh, Shakur uh, fought a real tough African. Uh, he was very cautious. He's a tremendous uh, boxer. He won every round, and could he have gone after uh, his opponent? Uh, in the late rounds and knocking him out? Probably yes. I think as he matures as a fighter, uh, he'll take those opportunities. Uh, but yeah, I, I will criticize him uh, for not really stepping on the gas uh, in the last few rounds. So would you say from, from here on out that, that basically he needs to I don't want to say step up in competition, but basically he needs to, you know, to, to fight contenders, and hopefully that brings out a little bit more action in him or more aggressiveness to to take these guys out. First of all, look, I'm sorry to say this, but he's going to beat everybody in his weight category. Now, sometimes it'll be more difficult than others, uh, but he's got to also learn. When he dominates his opponent to finish the guy. And that'll come as he gets older. He's a very, very young fighter now. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so tomorrow night, Bob, in a way, versus Das Marinas. Talk a little bit about fi- uh, that because a lot of people here in Las Vegas have not seen this Japanese superstar. And I remember watching him you know, in Japan when he uh, fought Donaire and you signed him right after he beat Nonito Donaire. This guy is the monster for a reason. Describe the monster for people that have never seen him before. The monster is a kid that boxes beautifully. Beautifully. It's almost like poetry, the way he moves and uh, and and uh, counters his opponent. And then at a particular point in time, he explodes and he hits harder than I've ever seen a guy his weight, 118 pounds, hit. I mean, he hits like with such devastating power. Uh, like there's a, a heavyweight uh, locked up in his body. You mentioned the fact that he's got so much power in that. Why is it that he can generate so much more power than other guys his size? Is it just his mechanics, the way he's been trained or something? Is there just a God-given ability that other guys his size don't have? Well, yeah, well it could be all of those, you know. I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, but he does have much more power than anybody uh, that I've seen of his size. Uh, and what's that? what it's attributable to? I mean, I have no idea, but it seems like all of uh, your suggestions uh, are probably applicable. Bob Arum joins us, top-ranked boxing, tomorrow night, Virgin Hotels here in Las Vegas, formerly the Hard Rock, the Unified Bantamweight Championship. Looking forward to that. Michaela Mayer's on the, the card as well, too. Uh, I know you signed her a while back, Bob, uh, one of the best female fighters in the world. Talk a little bit about her. Oh, she's terrific. It's the way she's developed, both as an athlete and as a person. Uh, she's extraordinarily articulate. Uh, she's really learned a lot as a professional boxer. Uh, she can hold her own uh, and dominate uh, virtually any uh, opponent you put against her. She's a world champion now, and she's going to go on to have a storied career. She's fighting a two-time champion, uh, an Argentine girl, uh, uh, in this women's title fight and it should be very very interesting two uh, really experienced veteran uh, fighters all right bob so tuesday you're down in la and we had the tyson fury deontay wilder press conference to kick everything off of course the fight here july 24th here at t-mobile arena i know we've talked a lot about this it's been a long time coming to see this uh, third fight I want you to describe for everybody what that atmosphere was like as these two guys were there together. They were on stage. Uh, they had the five-and-a-half-minute uh, face-off there, which was which was pretty crazy, not saying a word. But, uh, but before we, we get into those details, Bob, just talk about the atmosphere that was there on Tuesday. Well, you know, it was these guys don't like each other, that's for sure. And... Uh, uh, I thought Tyson uh, was very, very articulate, very good. And Wilder uh, 
had headphones on his uh, ears and uh, didn't say a word. So it was what it was, but the uh, face-off that they had was extraordinarily uh, uh, riveting. And uh, uh, it's going to be a terrific fight, and I'm looking forward to July 24th. So when that was all going on, because I know you never know with a lot of these boxers, especially a guy like Tyson Fury, of uh, what, what's going to happen. You mentioned they don't like each other. But when all that was going on, uh, what, who determined, like, okay, uh, how long are we going to let this go? How should we break this up? Uh, was the Athletic Commission involved? Did security come? By? There was no Athletic Commission. <laughs> you know, and it probably would have continued longer if – the entourages on each side hadn't gotten uh, in back of their respective fighter. And uh, then it looked like it might get out of hand, and we all broke it up. Anyway, he's a, come tomorrow night. You're going to see a great show. i got to get off. i got a lot of work to do. But come and watch the monster perform. I will be there. He's a friend. real treat. I will be there, my friend. We look forward to it. Thanks for the time, Bob. Okay, good talking to you. Good talking to you. There he is, Bob Aram, the Hall of Fame promoter, top-ranked boxing. He just got done with the weigh-ins for the fights uh, tomorrow night, and uh, we're looking forward to that. Again, for the first time you're seeing a guy like Naoa Inoue. He is phenomenal. Uh, on Like like Bob described him beautifully, uh, just a uh, very articulate Beautiful fighter can get in, get out, and then when he releases, you know, the the storm here it comes. And I got a feeling that we should see that storm at some point in time tomorrow night. Well, you know, it's interesting too because when I asked him about, you know, where does he get all that power from, I thought maybe with all the boxers he's seen in his career and everything in in his life that you know there would be something. And he's like, I don't know, he just has it. It is what it is, kind of deal. But um, there is something about Inoue that uh, is it, it does seem a little bit different because. He doesn't have the power of a guy his size, you know, and, and you wonder at some point if he lives up to the, the hype and the expectations of him right now, you know, is he a guy that eventually can go up a weight class or two or something? And I don't want to get way ahead of us or anything like that, but, you know, normally when a guy that's small, you know, if they're moving up, you're thinking, well, he's going to be losing power, but he's already got more power than most of the guys at weight class or two ahead of him. So it is, it, it, it's very unusual but it's also fun to watch if you want if you want knockout power. Like you mentioned, Stevenson last week, that's how he fights. He wins fights. He's one of the best defensive fighters out there. This, I think, at least I'm expecting and hoping, is going to be a completely different type of style fight. Because Inouye is not just going to go back and say, you're not going to hit me. He's going to say, you can hit me, but I'm going to hit you, and I'm going to hurt you a lot more yeah. than you just hurt me. Yeah, and like I said, they're, they're, he'll be tactful as well, too. So you know, well, yeah, he's, he's not gonna just going to get that's in a bare-knuckle right. brawl and show right. no defense. Yeah. But you know how fight fans are, and we saw it there last week. A lot of fight fans, you know, they, they want they want rock'em, sock'em robots oh, from the opening bell. Do. A lot of and, them. And you get that in, in a small percentage of fights, you know. And unfortunately, the, the reality of it is, too, a lot of fighters that do fight that way don't have that long a career. Exactly. You know, so I mean, although we enjoy it, it takes a pounding on you. Right. All right. If you'd like to go to the fights tomorrow night, we have got tickets. We've got great seats for you. They're $200 tickets. Uh, give us a call, 702-221-7283. Call right now. We'll take a, we'll take a couple phone calls. And uh, you got a real strong take on uh, Fury Wilder. Just give me a prediction. Give us a prediction. Who do you like and why? Come strong with it. Earn some tickets. 
Give us a call, 702-221-7283. That is the phone number. And uh, you, you'll go to the Virgin tomorrow night, formerly the Hard Rock, formerly the Joint, but now the theater inside the Virgin Hotels of Las Vegas. It's ESPN, top-ranked boxing. And again, uh, the television portion starts at 7 p.m. The undercard starts early, like 3.30 in the afternoon. So, uh, yeah, your tickets are here for you. Great seats. Your take on Wilder Fury, who do you think will win and why? Now, can they also still mention their yes. favorite boxer? And, or? and still do. Yeah, yes. Like I said, we're, we're either one. We're very user-friendly. Or, or both. Or both, yeah. if, if or you both. want. I mean, if you got a yep. strong, quick take and you want to mention the other one as well. So who would your favorite boxer be? Because you've seen so many of them. I mean, I've watched them too, but I'm not as big of a boxing fan as you are. Yes. For me, uh, man, whew. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go back. Um, this is gonna sound weird because you know we all go back to like either our childhood or when we're younger, and I've had this question asked me numerous times. But right now, um, I th- I think that one of my favorite, probably my all-time favorite fighter, is a modern fighter, which is very rare when we talk about greatest football players, basketball, whatever. But right now, I'm gonna say it's Canelo. And it has been, he probably surpasses Oscar De La Hoya for me. I loved Oscar De La Hoya as a fighter. I mean, again, not old enough to to really comment about the guys like Sugar Ray Robinson and Archie Moore. You know, so really can't say that. You know, Mike Tyson was great to watch. I enjoyed watching Mike Tyson. But for me, you know, the personal side comes into it as well, too. Teddy Atlas is a good friend of mine. So, you know, what transpired with Mike and, 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 and Teddy's uh, cousin, that, uh, you know, had an effect, uh, you know, for me with Mike. But I, I loved watching him. I loved Michael Spinks. I loved Leon Spinks. I loved those guys because going, you know, watching them in the Olympics, you know, when I was a kid at that point in time. But really, when it was all said and done, I, I, Oscar De La Hoya, because I got a chance to cover him and got a chance to know him a little bit. So for me, I'm going to say him. But right now, Canelo Alvarez, I just think he is a he's a throwback. He's a guy that uh, is arguably the best pound-for-pound fighter because he can change his styles. He packs tremendous punching power. He doesn't have a big ego. And, uh, you know, a lot of American fans really maybe cannot resonate with him that much because he doesn't come out and speak English. But if you like his fighting style, you like a guy that takes on all comers, Canelo Alvarez, you know, so uh, I'm going relatively more modern than probably, you know, really old school. What about yourself? You know, I mean, there's a lot of them that, I mean, like I say, I mean, I used to watch a lot of boxing. I, I still do. Um, and I used to love it when I was younger. I was a big Joe Frazier fan when I was younger. I mean, you know, like when Ali fought Frazier, I was one of the guys in the Frazier camp at the time. So I, I just liked his style and his ruggedness, I guess. The fact that he wasn't as tall and as big as some of the guys, but it was just total brute power so i was a big fan mm-hmm. of his aaron Pryor was a guy that i used to really like yeah. watching a lot yeah like, you know he was a guy that i thought was very exciting um so, so you know he'd be one of them on my list i loved roberto duran i, I it actually kind of sickens me that everybody's always going to remember him as the nomas fight because he's so much better than that mm-hmm. it's like remembering jackie smith in football because he dropped yeah. one pass or something so mm-hmm. but i i would say Maybe Frazier just because he was the first guy that I really right. latched on to. But my dark horse guy that I don't really know that he gets enough credit, and a lot of people know about him, would be Aaron Pryor. Aaron Pryor's a, a great call. Uh, I got a chance to uh, 
uh, work with his son on a couple of occasions when his son was fighting as well. Uh, Sugar Ray Leonard for me, no question about it. And then, of course, uh, a lot of people here in Vegas, not too familiar uh, with Tony the Tiger Lopez, but uh, a friend of mine who I managed, he was a three-time world champion, and Tony's style was that, you know, kind of rock'em, sock'em. I mean, he was, you know, great bouts against Rocky Lockridge and, and people like that and just would come forward. And, uh, you know, he fought, you know, Julio Cesar Chavez. He fought a lot of big-time guys. So, uh, you know, there's a shout-out to my, to my Sacramento crew. Yeah, and, and, and when you mentioned Canelo, too, I really like Canelo. Mm. I just wish that he wouldn't have fallen into the trap of fighting Mayweather when he did. Yes. That he would have waited yes. to get a little more season. He did. Because he would beat Mayweather now. No and, oh, I mean, he's older. He, but even if he just would have waited a couple more years. Mayweather yes. was like, I'm, I'm, I want to fight this guy for my resume, mm. but if I don't get him right mm. now, this guy's going to mm. be a, one of the few guys that can whoop my butt. Mm. All kudos to Mayweather for orchestrating that, but I wish Canelo's camp wouldn't yep. have fallen into the yep. spider's web. Yeah, it was hard because they thought, okay, we can pay, we take this guy, and the money they are offering at that point in time, they put a lot of pressure on Canelo and his camp to take that. But you're, but you're right. But even though Canelo lost that fight, gave a pretty good showing himself, it, it only 22 years old at that point in time, uh, he, he, it didn't hurt him. It didn't hurt his pound-for-pound status at all. All right, let's go to the phones. Let's talk to Colby. Colby, thanks for calling. What's happening? How you doing, Fishery? Good, man. What's up? Not much. I was just calling for those tickets. All right, man. Give me, give me a take. Let's start with Fury Wilder. Give me a take. Oh, Fury's got to be the Fury's got to be the man. He has the best bumpers on your show. You know, the Gypsy King. <laughs> you know, he's becoming a Las Vegas guy. So Fury's going to take it all the way. All right, I like that, Colby. And uh, we're talking about favorite okay. fighters. You got one? Uh, Oscar De La Hoya back in the day. Paez. You know, James oh. Tony was one. Yeah. You know, I'm a, from the 90s, I used to get a lot of boxing matches. So those are three of my favorite fighters. There it is, man. All great guys right there. Good stuff. All right, Colby, you're going to the fights tomorrow night, my friend. Uh, awesome. Hang on. Numchuck will get all of your information. We appreciate you calling. We appreciate you listening, my man. Thank you very much. All right, there it is. Colby, a winner. Real simple. That's I want it. to throw in one more name, too, on my yeah. short list. Another guy out there that, that I was a big fan of his because it was exciting and always put on entertaining fights. Sweet Pea. Whitaker Whitaker, was, yeah. I mean, he was fun to watch. Yeah. In his heyday when he was at his best, he, he, he I thought he was really good. All right. Yeah, no question about that. No, I, I love Pernell Whitaker. A lot of those guys that we're talking about, too, at least me, we're not talking about a bunch of heavyweights. And, you know, heavyweights was the thing, you know, back in the day. But so let's say if you are, you know, in your 30s, anywhere from basically from 30 to 45 years old, you really you didn't have any marquee heavyweights that you could really say. Hey, uh, this is this is my guy. I want to watch him. I want to follow him. And you could talk about the Klitschko's, but again, you know, th- there is that barrier. If you are from America, you you really don't latch on to the European fighters, or you might even might not even resonate with the Mexican fighters. I actually always kind of felt sorry for Larry Holmes because he didn't have that great opponent to bring out how great he he was. So good, but he beat everybody so easily that I almost think people held it against him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. No, Larry Holmes was phenomenal and very, very underrated. And you know, it took him a little while to get in the International Boxing Hall of Fame. But yeah, again, he, you know, again, when you when you come off, you know, you know that era of Ali, uh, you beat Ali, you know, that caused a little animosity with people as well too. Well, you know? and and he was kind of begging him to end the fight beforehand. He yeah. he said that was like the worst night of his life. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you had that era too with Ali. You mentioned Frazier throwing Kenny Norton. Okay, um, you know you got guys 
that were all well, Jerry like, Corey was Jerry really Corey. good back then. Even Throwing a guy like yeah. a guy who wasn't that great, but he was. Uh, do you talk about a Mike skills in that? Oscar Benavides, if he would have been a better, if he would have been a better actual fighter, his talk and trash and everything else. I mean, he was made for today's era. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely correct. All right, so yes, we will uh, we will uh, give away more boxing tickets as well. Now hit us on Twitter as well too. We'll do a Twitter contest as well, and we will uh, announce that uh, winner via Twitter tomorrow morning. So you got some time with that. Hit us on Twitter at TC Martin Twenty One. Just ask you to follow, and then also just uh, give us a quick take on Fury Wilder or your favorite fighter of all time, and we'll put you ringside uh, tomorrow night. Pretty much ringside, okay? Because of the way they have the uh, the ring there, you're not getting onto the stage. But you're uh, seeing everything, no matter where you are, yeah, and, and yeah. you're pretty darn close here. But but again, it, the old joint, the new theater, whatever you want to call it, yeah. the ring is kind of in the middle. It's not up on the stage or something. So yeah, you're you're gonna you're gonna have a bird's eye view. All right, all right. So hit us on Twitter at TC Martin twenty one, a Fury Wilder take as well as a favorite fighter of all time, or either one of those. Uh, we are all good with that. All right, so. Tonight, we get ready for the Vegas Golden Knights and the Montreal Canadiens. It is game number three. There is some breaking news with this, and we will start diving into uh, breaking this game down. We'll talk about it from a betting aspect as well, too, next hour. Chuck Esposito is going to join us here at Sunset Station. But when you look at uh, the Montreal Canadiens' head coach, uh, he is in COVID protocol. It sounds right right now he will not be coaching the Canadiens. Now, they uh, canceled a press conference for the coach earlier this morning. He is isolating following irregularities in COVID testing. Like we said, Montreal canceled the uh, the pregame press conference. Now, he did have his second dose, uh, his COVID uh, vaccination on June the 9th. Not sure of the status right now. Before we came on the air, we weren't sure of the status, but it seems like now he may not be coaching. Do you have any other information? Uh, the, the last date that I, the last update that I heard was that they're going to test him throughout the day today. But he did have a positive test. Um, so right now he's being isolated from the team. It's looking like he's there's a good chance he's not going to be behind the bench tonight. He's not with any of the players or anything. And if he does test positive for the COVID, and it's not like just trace testing or something like that, uh, he could be out ten days. So basically. If it is a positive test and it doesn't come back a false positive, season's or something, over. He he he's done for this series. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. <laughs> now now, can the team rally around him and say win one for the coach? Can they turn it into a positive? Will his X's and O's on the bench be something different? Can the assistants bring the same intensity and gamesmanship during the game, making the changes that he had? I mean, he's done a pretty good job. Remember, Claude Julian was the uh, coach of them until he got fired in February. Right. So Deschamps. Ducharme took he's the, over. Well, he still is the interim coach. Yeah, so yeah. he's the interim coach, but he's done a phenomenal job with them this year. But yeah, right now, uh, Dominique uh, Ducharme, right? Yeah, forty-eight-year-old yeah. uh, got a second dose, like you mentioned, on June 9th, but still tested positive. And we're, we're waiting to see if there's any updates. But right now, it looks like he will not be behind the bench. And if he's not behind the bench tonight, he could be done for this series. There's always a question when you talk about hockey. How important is a coach? And I'm I'm a believer that, that coaching is huge, no matter what sport. And a lot of times in in hockey and even soccer, you know, people kind of discount you know the coach uh, because you know, like especially like in soccer, they think, well, there's not a lot of in-game decisions. There really is, just because the the, the pace is a little bit slower. There's not that that, that much scoring, but uh, there there is. Coaching is huge. 
how, how important is this for them to lose their head coach, even though he's an interim coach, but he's been their head coach basically since February the 24th, if, if he is not there tonight, especially now that they're back home? Well, I, I think it's really important because, like you mentioned, uh, there is that thing. In a series, especially from two teams that haven't played each other for basically two years until these last two games, adjustments in-game and things are, are, are very important at this point of the season. We saw it, and if you don't think coaching is important – Ask uh, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Golden Misfits what Barry Trotz meant behind the bench for Washington season one. Mm-hmm. And again, I know that's not what people want to hear about. Vegas had the, the one-game lead. They won the first game. They got the first goal in the second game. Barry Trotz made some adjustments. And the Golden Knights and Gerard Gallant, as much as I like the guy and I think he's really good, had no answers for it. Uh, Montreal played a much better game in game two. They got the feel a little bit now. Even if it's not so much that he can do something spectacular behind the bench, and certainly Petrie being back in the lineup was a big reason why Montreal looked so much better the last game too. But when you have that guy that you believe in, when your general's not there all of a sudden, there's a little bit of a difference. There's a confidence difference out there. So I think it's a big change for the Canadian players going to the bench and not seeing Deshaun there tonight if he's not there. So the big news here is that, you know, this test was actually administered here in Vegas. And we know what's been going on in Canada. No fans, for the most part, have been able to go to any of those games. Very limited here over the last, you know, the last series, the last few weeks. Yeah, they just but, opened it up to the 18,000. Right, right. So if, he, if they administered this test here in Vegas and he's positive, there is that possibility the players could be positive. Can you hear the people in Canada blaming the Americans are blaming here Las Vegas. Oh, I hey, Las definitely Ve- see you know, that. Las Vegas. And there, there's a good possibility that he did, you know, uh, contract this here in Vegas. Oh, it's possible he contracted it here. Also, if he tested positive here, I don't know how much time he spent with the players, but they flew back on the same plane. I know. Now, no, no testers are on the, are on the uh, protocol list as of right now. They said further tests will uh, continue to look at this. Because I know a couple hours ago there was this question, well, will the game go on tonight? Could the game possibly you know, be postponed? But as of right now, that's not the case. And no other players right now we're hearing have tested positive or in that protocol. But their head coach is. And, and one other thing, too, that uh, maybe Vegas, certainly, definitely Vegas, has more of a interest in it than anybody else. And we'll get that from Chuck when we speak with him. Mm-hmm. Right. What's it do to the line? Yeah, right. Exactly. Currently, right now, the Golden Knights a uh, dollar sixty-five favorite. So we'll dive more into that. All right. Sunset Station here on this Friday. TC Martin, VGK Frank, we're doing it for you. Thank Bob Aaron for joining us uh, this hour and uh, talking a little boxing and uh, getting ready for the fight uh, tomorrow night at the Virgin. The next, Monster. Next hour, we talk VGK. NBA playoffs and the lovely Dr. Christina Madison will join us as well too. We'll talk uh, some more COVID information with her too. Get her thoughts on everything. But we are live at Sunset Station. Don't forget the VGK Watch Party tonight at 5 o'clock. We invite you to come on out and join us. Frank and I will be there. Brian Blessing hosting. Chuck Esposito. Plenty of great prizes here at Sunset Station. Face off. 5 o'clock. Golden Knights and the Montreal Canadiens. Doors at four. Yep, doors at four. All right, back with more on the other side. Hour number two coming your way. Huh.